Hello everyone and welcome. My name is Mohit Sharma, Program Manager and Product Owner of Advanced Analytics Team in Sales and Marketing IT. I'm responsible for envisioning, designing, and delivering machine learning-enabled products for Microsoft Sales Team across the world. I'm Masters in Computer Science and work very closely with not only just sales teams, but also data science teams within IT, research, and product groups. I'm happy to be partnering with Microsoft IT Showcase today to share a presentation with you all about how Microsoft IT use predictive analytics to improve sales processes and improve forecasts. While you are watching this recorded presentation today, be sure to ask any questions that you may have in the Skype Q&A window, and I will be live to respond as many as I can. Later in this presentation, we will be using Microsoft Pulse to get your feedback on today's content. Please be sure to let us know what kind of uh, content that you want to see in the future. With that, let's get started. So today we are going to talk about how business paradigm are changing in the modern world, uh, machine learning for sales, how do we do it at Microsoft IT, uh, Azure machine learning, and future of artificial intelligence. I'll start with Microsoft's mission statement, which we take very seriously, that is, empower every person and every organization on the planet to achieve more. This is the core of everything that we do at Microsoft. Satya talks about digital transformation and how we need to harness all the data out there in this ecosystem of intelligence and take this approach to deliver mobile-first, cloud-first experience that engage customers and partners, empower employees, optimize operations, and transform products. Businesses are hungry to seize new opportunities using technologies like machine learning and predictive analytics. This is not just true at Microsoft, but pretty much everywhere in all sorts of industries. People from consulting background can vouch for it. Uh, projects that you get in industries are expected, expecting forward-looking researches. Uh, people from banking, how they want to detect fraud. People from manufacturing, how they want to improve the quality and reduce defects. Oil and gas wants to identify the right mix, right formulas to yield more with less wastage. Financial services wants to invest in forensic accounting and identify the leakages. According to IDC, worldwide spending on cognitive and artificial intelligence system forecast to reach about 12.5 billion this year. Double-digit spending growth is expected for cognitive and artificial intelligence system across all industries but here's an, an important point. The growth varies depending on how well a particular use case solves existing or future business priorities. And this is what I'm going to talk about in this episode today. Let's try and understand how the tech industry is changing. Without going too deep into this slide, the gist of this slide is uh, we are moving out of owning the data running reports of the data and pushing it back into the business units, which are mostly gets locked inside the business units. Um, we are also moving out of owning the user experience and letting the business units decide how they want to view the data. The speed and agility of collecting the data and reporting has dynamically improved. 
we can collectively see how business units are doing their businesses at the global scale. As you see that we are moving from enterprise data warehouse to really a self-service kind of models. What this means is that the data is not just locked into the enterprise systems, but it is very much available for the business users to use it the way that they want to use. One very good example of this is Power BI. It's an amazing tool which allows a non-technical person to really pull out the data and then identify the way that they want to pivot it on. And it's not, not just pivoting, there is a machine learning aspect into Power BI as well. There are plugins available where they can do a little bit of prediction and look forward kind of reports directly out of uh, Power BI. Being a non-technical business user, I can pull out the report that I want to look at at my subsidiary or at, at my area level. Businesses have started expecting um, IT pros to really develop the forward-looking reports, and this is a very sketchy good example of how a forward-looking report looks like. In earlier days, we used to do where we are kind of reports, like what has happened in the past quarter, what has happened in the past month, and what we are doing and how we are doing at an area or subsidiary level or at the segment or the product level. What businesses have started asking us is that, how we are going to do in the future, right? How my service, how my product is going to sell, what my consumption is going to look like. So, but it's not like that this is a, a kind of new ask. We've been doing statistically um, in past also. If you look at the population growth reports, we've been doing population growth and future analytics on that, that how the population is going to grow and how we can really fight the diseases and epidemics. But what machine learning allows us to really do is do a double click on, on why certain things are going to happen in future. Uh, and what are the actions that we can take about it, right? Uh, it allows you to really identifying the influencing factors behind it, like if the diseases are going to increase or if my uh, services consumption is going to increase, how I can really you know, achieve my targets or how I can control the disease in case of epidemic scenarios. It really gives you a power of um, identifying the answer to why certain things are going to happen rather than just telling you, hey, this is what is going to happen. Okay. So let's talk about how machine learning can help sellers. Right. Let's talk about um, a role of sellers. Um, irrespective of which industry a seller is, um, a seller has to sell their timeshare, which means that if I'm a seller, I cannot afford to spend a time on a losing deal. Right. I always need to accelerate my sales and win fast. I need to spend time on the winning sales opportunities. Uh, I cannot afford to spend time on opportunities that I know that I'm going to lose. I always need to be up to date with my product specifications, which means if I'm selling a box product or if I'm selling a services, I always, always need to be on top of the specifications. At the same time, I always need to be aware of what my competitors are doing. I always need to be aware of uh, how I'm going to fight with the competitors. I always need to be aware of my winning strategies. Um, I always need to decide on my strategies depending upon what the product 
competitor is, how the customer is doing, what is the industry of the customer. Depending upon the needs, I always need to decide on the right strategy of my product. And of course, I need to be accurate with my sales forecast because that's what brings the value. So let's take one example of how machine learning can help sellers. Um, it, uh, let's talk about prioritizing the deal and accelerating them. And um, what we at Microsoft IT did it for the sellers. So what we did is that we created multiple models for uh, sales data. We looked at all the historical past data from CRM and really identified uh, that, hey, there is an issue with the pipeline, which is mostly cluttered. The sellers don't know uh, which deals of mine are the risky deals and which deals of mine are, um, are with the high likelihood of winning. Uh, so it's a kind of cluttered pie for me. So what we did is that we pulled out all the historical data. We looked at patterns of what are the kind of deals that um, that uh, that were won in past. At the same time, what were the kind of deals that got slipped out of the forecast quarter, um, and really you know identified the patterns. And we not just looked at the the sales opportunity data. We also looked at a lot of macroeconomical data because that's is that is that is the real reason behind a seller going ahead and committing to that opportunity versus you know uncommitting those opportunities so we 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 factored uh, hundreds of parameters into the algorithm uh, and then really identified the patterns of each of the opportunities and really what we gave them is an uncluttered sales pipe so that seller can actually uh, draw their line on um, where they want to have a cutoff that you know um, I will be able I, that I should be able to forecast only the uncluttered pipe rather than the cluttered pipe. So I can really draw the line and do my forecast and be more accurate on the forecasted pipe. Here's another example of uh, how machine learning has helped uh, sellers to find out their contextual resources at the time of action. What this means is that if I am um, at a negotiation stage uh, with my customer and if I'm looking for some kind of battery cards and if I know that there's a, there's a, um, there's a compete situation, uh, I may be looking for the right battery cards to really fight with that competition. Or if I'm at a proposal stage, I may be looking for the right proposal uh, documents. Now here, the contextual resources does not mean only the contextual documents, but uh, resources as in the people resources as well. If I am at a stage where I need to really start recruiting my uh, sales team, I should be able to find the right people on my team and then really put them on the job. Let's see how we did it. So what we did is that uh, we, we saw a, a seller's behavior that you know most of them they are juggling with multiple resources and they end up using the wrong resource sometime which you know which ends up a losing deal with the customer they you know they either did not use the right strategy they did not use the right numbers in the documents um, so what we did is that unlike like every company we have tons and tons of uh, documents um, in, in our SharePoint repositories. And we looked at how 
sellers in past have created those kind of documents. Now, it's important for me to really identify those documents. So we really crawled those SharePoint documents, SharePoint sites, local sites uh, at the regional level and really identify at the sales stage what are the kind of documents that people use for, you know, um, whether they want to do a proposal or whether they want to really do a negotiation kind of thing. So um, based on the sales opportunity stage, uh, we now are able to identify the right set of documents and right set of uh, sellers who can be part of the winning deal. Moving on to the sales managers and leaders role. Let's understand what these guys have to do to be successful. So sales managers and leaders are really, really responsible for guiding and coaching the sellers. Uh, they are responsible for the sales quotas at the area level or at the segment level. Um, they are uh, responsible for meeting the targets uh, for the segment. They are responsible for uh, having an accurate forecast uh, and really define the sales strategies. Now, I'll talk more about it in a few slides, uh, what this means. Uh, but above all, their main responsibility is to really answer to the stakeholders and the market. So let's take an example of how machine learning helps uh, uh, a sales leaders and sales managers. So what we did is that we created the forward-looking reports that I was giving an example a uh, few minutes back um, on really creating the outlook for the sales, revenues, and utilization uh, of the service. Microsoft moving towards from the box products to uh, really software as a service, it's, it's very important for us to really look at how we are doing on the consumption part and really how the consumption is going to move forward, how people are going to consume the services. So what we did is that we created the outlook on the consumption. We created outlook on the sales revenues. So um, and there can be multiple leader personas to that. There can be a financial leader who, who can be look at to that report or there can be a data center capacity manager who can be looking uh, who can look at to, to that report um, and really identify if they really need to increase the capacity because there's an upward trend in the utilization in the subsidiary. So depending upon who is looking at that report, uh, the meaning of the forward-looking report may change. So what we did is that we plotted the actuals, which is um, how are we doing, what's going on. At the same time, we plotted the forecast, and we plotted the outlook, which is not really a forecast. Let me tell you there's a difference between outlook and the forecast. So forecast is um, basically the seller's confidence, depending upon the customer relationship, depending upon um, where they are in terms of deal, they really start giving the forecast, which uh, you know goes into the financial reports and all those things. Outlook, on the other hand, do not consider the relationship only. The outlook is uh, more of a statistical number which comes out of the model irrespective of the confidence from the seller, uh, outlook gets plotted based on the economical factor in the market, based on how the services is been used, what is the social uh, understanding, how people are using, uh, and you know, um, 
how it's going to look like. So uh, there's a difference between outlook and the forecast. So here's another example uh, how machine learning is helping sales managers and leaders to really identify the insights of the product, how the product is doing outside in the world, in the social world, to get the, get the social awareness. So what we did at MSIT is we looked at the, the Facebook and Twitter data and uh, all the other feedback mechanism, uh, telemetry and whatnot, um, and really you know, uh, created models to identify patterns of uh, how people are using it or how people are not using it. In the, in the enterprise settings, it's very easy for me to really get this kind of feedback because um, as a marketing manager or if, uh, as a seller, I'm directly uh, talking to the enterprise customer face to face and I can get a sense of what they're liking, what they're not liking. They can clearly tell me if uh, the feature is working for them or if the feature is not working for them. But in the consumer kind of products, we I really need to depend upon um, the social media and as well as the telemetry of uh, the product. Um, and what I'm talking about is the, the consumers uh, who are very active on the social media versus people who are not so active on the uh, social media. So there are a few enthusiasts who always really appreciate the product or really complain about the products. Uh, I need to listen to those guys, uh, which is in most of the cases is 20%. But 80% of the people, they do not give any kind of feedback. They, whether they like it or not, uh, they never give feedback. So for those kind of feedbacks, I really need to look at the telemetry data, how people are using it. I need to know whether people are clicking on that button that I developed for them or if they are bypassing the recommendation that I proposed. So I really need to you know, listen to those telemetry data in a very anonymous way where you know, I really not collecting any kind of personal information, but really getting a behavior or the, the area level kind of telemetry that, hey, people in certain regions are really liking it, and people in certain uh, geographies are not really liking it. So that's for me to infer. And that's what this algorithm does is we munched all the data uh, from 20% of the people were, uh, and 80% of the people who really don't give feedback and uh, really simplified it whether uh, you know the service is a hit or miss kind of thing. Uh, and it need not to be always hit or miss. Uh, it can always be a little bit in between. Um, it's always good to create a feedback kind of mechanism where people can give uh, their uh, detailed commentary so that you can always identify the, the right set of uh, feedbacks. So um, as IT pros, if you are developing these kind of experiences which are powered by machine learning behind it, uh, it's very important that you uh, develop the right uh, set of feedback mechanisms so that you always get the right feedback from the, uh, from the end users which really helps you to identify the double click of it uh, or the next version of the product. So with that, I end my presentation. Thank you all for watching. We hope that this session was useful and most of your questions were answered. IT Showcase has live webinars and trainings scheduled every month on a variety of topics. We hope you'll join again uh, and bring your colleagues with you. You can find our schedules of upcoming events and on-demand videos and other contents at microsoft.com slash IT showcase. We are now at the end of the broadcast. Thanks again for joining us.